Oh, shit. It is baseball season, ladies and gentlemen. I'm happy. Edgar's not. Who cares? He doesn't give a shit Who about the baseball. Who gives a fuck about baseball? I do. I do, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to my good friend, Justin Feltman. He's a very, very good friend of mine. But his bachelor party is that they're going to go watch spring training in Florida. And Ooh, I said, You should go, I'll my see you at, I'll say, I said, I'll see you at the wedding. You should go, dude. Uh, I'm going to, I go to spring training every year. Uh, it is a blast, dude. Oh, do you like. All right, you don't like baseball, but do you like going to games? I love going to games. All right, and spring training is honestly is going to those games, but a lot more personal. Like you can get go on the fucking field. Yeah, but the competition isn't there. If you go toward the end of spring training, it is okay because that's what it's just like NBA pre or like NFL NBA preseason. NBA like, preseason, the Lakers were beating the Warriors by like sixty points, well, and everyone was just like, "This team's amazing," and I was like, "Guys, it's." Preseason. No, what I mean by that is toward the end of preseason is when the starters play more. They'll play more. Yeah. Like, so by the end of spring training, that's when you're going to start getting, like, all the actual the, the teams. Like, because they got to right. get ready for. I feel, I mean, I do feel you because, like, I'll go early in spring training and, mm-hmm. like, all the best players leave. They, not even in the game, they literally walk off the field and go back to the training facility yeah. after, like, inning two. Yeah, they're uh, just like, I'm, I'm out, bro. I'm going to go yeah. play Fortnite. <laughs> right? They the leave the, the fucking stadium. Yeah, no. That's... Uh, but toward the end of spring training, they're all there because they got to get ready for the actual fucking season and a real nine-inning game. Uh, guys, I am a fan of basketball. I am a fan of football. I don't know what hockey is, but if we really being real – I am a huge fan of Major League Baseball. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. I love it. It is one of my it is my favorite sport. I love playing it. So we're doing something that may be boring today, but it might not be. Uh it's not truly a baseball thing. We're just using baseball terminology to talk about some people that we fucking love. So if I ever have a sketch show. Mm-hmm. Our talk show. I'm gonna include a segment called Jaquees Over Explains Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're gonna explain something to death. Like I want to mm-hmm. be like black holes in a Jaquees. Like you just gonna oh, start bring me on, it. bring me on. Because at the end of that segment, everybody gonna know what a black they hole gonna is. know what a black hole is about <laughs> forty seconds into that segment. They It'll be a five know. minute long. But segment. you know what? How many times have you done something and you like you memorize some lines and you be like, I got it. And then, and then you, then do you it. go to do it and be like, damn, I ain't That's it. every game show I've ever participated <laughs> in. When they explain it and I go, I'm with you. And then the game show, or like when like a coach is showing me like a new improv exercise. Yeah. And I'm like, can we just do it? And they're like, yeah. And then we go and I'm like, wait, what are we doing again? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's when you need niggas like me who go over explain it. <laughs> and be like, all right, I get it now. Yeah. I get it. All right, here's what we're doing, guys. As you know, in the baseball game, you have first base. You have second base, you have third base, and you have home plate. So what we're going to do is I'm going to, we got four categories. 
We got our favorite black athletes. We got our favorite black entertainers. We got black people who inspire us. And we have white people who should be black. This was the segment that I was trying to <laughs> passive-aggressively cut earlier. <laughs> and Jaquise was just not picking up on it. No, so I guess we're going to do it anyway. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, just just to see how it goes. We may cut the entire segment. What if, what if we brought this up and then... Right when we get into it, we just hear nothing but DJ Dan's music for yeah. 15 minutes. <laughs> then I would, I would send DJ Dan a very nice card and say, thank you for saving us. <laughs> it might not, you know, we'll see. We'll Fans, see. we don't listen to the episodes, so tweet at us and let us know. Did DJ Dan keep it in? Or, <laughs> or did, he did he put in some of his out? beats? Did he put his beats in? Uh, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go down the list. We're going to put... For each one of those categories, somebody on first base. Which is like, which that's is, okay. Yeah, that's, they're okay. You're, you're okay. in position You're to, in position. You're, you're in position, you're not to, in position score. to score. I mean, you are not in position to score, but you're on base. You're on We're base. putting somebody at second base. Mm, a little closer. You're closer. You're in scoring position mm-hmm. by definition in baseball. Putting somebody on third base, you can get home with a sacrifice fly. Yes, you can. Now the bases are loaded. That person at the plate. Are they going to hit the home run and bring everybody home or not? That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And, and we'll see if they're going to actually bring them all home. And if not, maybe they, you know, they are a superstar. This so maybe they strike is out. falling apart. Maybe they strike out. <laughs> no, man, all my baseball people with me. Uh, it's three and two. It's a full count. <laughs> all right. So that's what we're doing, guys. Today's going to be a relatively short one just because we fucking want it to be. Uh, we are going to start with our favorite black athletes. I'm going to kick us off. Mm-hmm. My person on first base mm-hmm. is the answer. Uh, Mr. Allen Iverson. On first base? On first base. Okay. On first base. Uh, I mean, you can't name a more influential person in hip-hop, in, in, in basketball culture. No, you can't. I mean, in basketball culture today. No, you can't. Uh, he... He was very much that bridge between, like, the Jordan years and I guess the LeBron years. Yeah, uh, he was. for for basketball. He made hip hop cool in the NBA, and he and he yeah he set off. He is the reason why there is a dress code in yeah. the NBA because niggas because before him like it's weird because I, I we talked about this on a a couple episodes ago. I watched the unbanned story and something mm-hmm. that. You know, like, I didn't watch Michael Jordan's entire career. He started playing in 1984, I was born in 86. So, like, one thing that I didn't really get a huge grasp on until I watched that documentary was, like, before Jordan started wearing the suits, he was very much, like, wearing, he was into fashion. He was, like, doing a lot of fashion shit. And then it went to the suits, and everybody was wearing suits. Well, the 80s were so extravagant. They were. I mean, you had Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas as well, who were... Very flashy guys yeah. with their looks. Yeah, they were flashy. So the whole idea of flashiness is not new. That's not new. Uh, but it went with, away. But with, by connecting it to like how huge gangsta hip hop was when AI was in his playing days and stuff mm-hmm. like that, he's the one who brought that in. I mean, like obviously there are players with like tats and stuff like that, but he made like you know the braids and all that stuff fucking cool and like right. You know, I, I think AI was a, wasn't he also part of the Thuggets? The th- I don't know. The Thuggets, or was he not one what of the Thuggets? The Thuggets is a, it's Carmelo Anthony, Kenyon Martin, J.R. Smith, 
think Al Harrington was also a thug. It was like the Nuggets. I mean, where they all played together, so yes, he would have. I think AI was maybe there for like the later years of it. He wasn't maybe. there for like the top of it, but like that crew of just like hella tatted niggas playing back. I mean, yeah, the Thuggets With were braids like, and braids yeah. and that, like I mean, Kenyon was tatted up to his fucking chin. Yeah, and like yeah. you know that kind of a shit. A very fun team. Yeah, um, yeah, that's didn't all. Didn't win anything, of course. But. They didn't win. That, that that is one of that but is, AI started that kind of a culture. He he did. He did. So, so he's he's base. number one. He's first base for me. He's right. first base for me. Uh, that's yeah. That's what I got. Who you got? Monet Davis. Monet Davis. Okay. I I mean, look. I think first just, of all, who for people who don't know, she was the first female starting pitcher for the Little World, uh, the Little League World Series. Mm-hmm. I almost called it the Little World Series, which maybe they should call it that. Maybe they should. Uh, I just I watched her play. Like this isn't like off of like me reading today. I watched. I, I was in New York when they were on. I was there for like a camp or something like that, and I didn't have a lot of friends. I was like back in New York later on, and I watched it and I watched her dominate. And mm-hmm. I love dominance in sports performances. It's why sometimes on two K, I'll pick a very legend team. Mm-hmm. And I'll put that shit all the way down to rookie, just so I can just know so what can. it's like to fe- to just beat somebody beat by beat somebody 80. ass. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it feels funny. fun to me. Yeah, it does. And man. I love it when that happens on a human being level. Now yeah. I fucking hate baseball, but I love pitchers because they're the ones who I think like. I mean, yeah, knocking out a home run is a certain kind of dominance, but to see somebody just strike the fuck out of people mm-hmm. is so exhilarating to me. Mm-hmm. So to watch this black woman. Go into the Little League and just, and you see these preppy white boys come up to the base and just ready to watch, like, be like, I'm going to knock her shit out. I'm going to knock, and she would just strike them the fuck out. Was so exhilarating. Go back and watch some of her tape of her just striking niggas out. Just bam, bam. And you would see, like, these boys just being like, this girl is rocking me. Mm -hmm. She was, man. That's dope. That's a good one, Monet Davis. Uh, she was also in our celebrity draft. She was as well. She was. No one knew who she was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't know her name, but once I looked her up, I was like, "Oh yeah, I know who that girl mm-hmm. is." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember, I remember that whole story. Uh, here's number three. For, here's number two for me. I know this is gonna probably you're gonna give me shit for this. I'm gonna but give you shit. Number two for me is The Rock. I, I, why would I give you shit? Because uh, you would probably say he's not an athlete. I would never say something like that. I'm not one great. of them niggas. Great. great. I'm not one of them niggas. He is an athlete. What he's definitely about? he's <laughs> definitely an athlete. And he's also half He's a multi-sport athlete. He's a multi-sport. Yes, he was with the Miami Hurricanes yeah. uh, football. He also played Canadian football before That's he right. injured himself. Yeah, he's then a multi-sport he athlete. To the WWF. Which is an athletic endeavor. You can't be... That's true. That's what I've been telling A weak-ass nigga and be fighting in the WWE. It yes. takes athletic skill. It does. Uh, he is... They don't mean the product is good. <laughs> it, I mean, but when he <laughs> was kidding. when he was there... I'm just kidding. It's, a great, it was, it's still a great product. He was fucking it. He yeah. was it. Not only because... Because here's something that... Here's one thing. Everybody's like, oh, why do you like wrestling? And for me personally, uh, real talk, real, one reason I love wrestling is because to me it is... A fun version of live theater. Of course, uh, it is. It has. Not saying it's good acting, but they're acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are doing improv because they're thinking off the top of their feet sometimes, especially back then when The Rock was it. Yeah, like the it wasn't as was, scripted. And it controlled. wasn't as scripted and controlled. Yeah, uh, they are athletes. 
And like, do you know how it would feel to walk out and get 15,000 people to react to you, whether they're booing you or fucking screaming your name and shit like that? That shit is so fucking dope to me. Yeah. Uh, And he did, and wrestling in itself, not only are they athletes, but they do something that we, the reason why we love the NBA so much, uh, I think it's the most dramatic sports league out there. Yes. For real the, it, sports, for, right? For, and not real, but like a more straight on straight competitive sport. Right. And wrestling obviously manufactures that. That drama. Uh, that drama. But and the NBA has those storylines for real. They have those storylines for real. But yeah. for The Rock... He was so good at telling a story in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was so fucking good at telling mm-hmm. a story in the ring. Not only, not just on the mic, but him his his match with Austin at WrestleMania 17 is still one of the best fucking matches I've ever seen. Absolutely, uh, it was just nonstop ring story. And I know there are a lot of people who are like I don't know what the fuck that means, watch but it. for wrestling fans, you do. Yeah, go watch uh, it. Go watch it and learn. And then he transcended. <laughs> like like now he's anybody. A literal star. Yeah, he is literally one of the top A list stars in Hollywood. Probably best athlete to movie star turn out of any. Yeah. Yeah. Out of any. Because he's not the Only first. to be rivaled by OJ Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock got a couple more years before he hit that that CTE hit him. That CTE hit uh, him. Who you, got? <laughs> who you got for number two? My number two is a young man. Well, he's not a young man anymore, but uh Kevin Garnett. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one. I uh, was a very shy kid. I uh, didn't have a lot of friends, uh, but I was very tall and lanky. And so when I would play basketball, I became known for rebounding very well and playing a little bit in the post. And Kevin Garnett obviously can do so much more than that. But what I took from him and what I think I brought into basketball was his aggression. Mm. And the way that he plays, the aggression, the grit, that nasty, I appreciate so much. Yeah. It's just like this thing to him where it's like he was going to dominate. And if he wasn't dominating, the first person he's upset at is himself. Mm. Like there's that. I mean, I would watch before basketball games. Kevin Garnett mixtapes on YouTube in high school. Like, you know, like the, when people make mm-hmm. those mixes, mm-hmm. I would just watch those and just watch him dominate, hitting mid-range jumpers, dunking on people, and just like, ah, like that yell and stuff like that. And, that. and that drive, like, I was just like, I want to emulate that. And I've taken it into everything. You know, I have that same anger. Like, I mean, if you ever want to see me angry, catch me right after a herald that doesn't go well. That's probably the angriest you'll ever <laughs> see me. I'll mm-hmm. punch a wall. I'll knock over drinks. I'm very fucking mad. But, like, I like that idea of, like, using that aggression to drive you. Uh, And that is something that I've always taken from him. I was always inspired by him for that. That's why my number was 21 in high school play. And then later on was number five when he was on the Celtics. Seeing him win a championship was one of the greatest joys of my life. So much so that at my graduation, I, like, when they, like, made us turn our tassels, I stood up and I went, anything is possible. (laughs) (laughs) That's one thing I love about just like sport moments is that like little moments like that will live in infamy, dude. Live in infamy and like you try to recreate them in life. I remember, man. Yeah. I mean, speaking of my, like just like you try to do the shit, like at my high school graduation, there's this Jamaican guy and he was like, take your time, boy. Take your time. When I was walking down the aisle and I just like took it step by step. Just like shit like that and just like using that charge thing. Like that's just so fucking fun and I feel like Kevin Garnett is who showed me that you could have that kind of emotion 
to play, especially being a player in Texas where the person to look up to was Tim Duncan, who, of course, very great player, but there's a respectability politics that comes with Tim Duncan that mm-hmm. at times can make me very upset where people are like, this is how you play this basketball. This is the right, this way, is to the right way to play yeah. basketball. This is how you should interview. This is how this. And when I would tell coaches and stuff that my favorite player were Kevin Garnett, they go, oh, you're trouble. You're this. And it's like, nah, he's also a great player. He's also mm-hmm. an impactful player. Mm-hmm. But they're like, but Timmy's, Timmy's the right way. Even though I do take a little bit of that, too, into comedy and stuff like that because of Mike McClendon. But I, I love that energy part. That's something I wish I could be. I wish I could be more of a big, boisterous person. I like that. Too long of an answer. No, it's good. I love it. Number three for me, Sammy Sosa. Mm. Uh, Sammy Sosa is the reason I'm a Cubs fan, which is my number one team out of any team in sports. Mm. Uh, 19- now this is pre pre die, correct? This is pre pink Sammy Sosa. Yes. This is black. This is black Dominican Sammy Sosa. Uh, 1998, June 1998, is when the Bulls won. Their sixth and final championship. Uh, and, like, you'll hear a lot, Chicago is a Bears town. Baseball, blah, blah, blah. The 90s, Chicago was a fucking Bulls town. Uh, it was a Bulls town, and we all knew the shit was ending. So when they won that sixth championship, everybody in the city of Chicago had a feeling of, like, well, now what? Because, like, before, they would win a title and be like, hi, hell yeah. They coming back next year, do yeah. it again. But that one was like, well, now what? Mm-hmm. Uh, they won that championship, and literally on the north side of Chicago, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were in the middle of the home run chase that yeah. year, 1998. Yeah. And Sammy Sosa hit 20 fucking home runs in June, which is the most any players ever hit yeah. in a baseball season. Yeah. And before, uh, in a month, I mean, in a baseball season. And before that, like, I wasn't, like, a huge baseball fan. I went to mostly Sox games. Cubs were, like, the Cubs, whatever. But, it like, to go from that championship to go as a 11-year-old kid to seeing this dude knocking home runs out of the park, every time he hit home run, he would jump up in the fucking air. Then Just he would like get to the dugout. Energy. And that pizzazz and that energy, he would do his, like, little signature where he would like kiss his two fingers and hit his chest and go back and forth. I'm like, this is the most exciting shit that I've ever fucking seen in my life uh, outside of watching Jordan win. And also that year, 98, the Cubs made the playoffs for the first time in nine years. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, oh, I think I like the Cubs now. Because uh, it was a very – because the Bears were trash, Sox were trash. Yeah. But the excitement in baseball was on the north side of Chicago – and in St. Louis. Uh, and for me, being from Chicago, that is the athlete that brought me to uh, Cubby Blue. So he is number three for I me. I mean, just that energy and that yeah. feeling. And just like, I mean, it, again, it's not like they didn't win a championship or anything like that, but still it felt like a win. It felt like, like it a felt win. It felt like a win of yeah. seeing him dominate in that race. I mean, because it, it did – First of all, that home run chase saved baseball. Of course it did. It saved baseball because that was a few years after the strike. Baseball yeah. was when people were like, fuck Ratings baseball. were down and all yeah. that stuff. It saved baseball. And it also bought, and there's going to be some Cub fans who may come for me, come at me for this, but it bought relevancy back to the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. Because uh, they were trash. The 90s were the worst fucking year for the Cubs. Yeah. Like. The 60s weren't bad. The 70s were pretty fucking bad. The 80s, they went. To, they should have won a World Series a couple times in the 80s. 
The 90s were awful. Yeah. And then that fucking race and that dude bought relevancy back to Chicago. I mean, what a way to close out a trash decade. Yeah, 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 yeah. To go back to the playoffs for the first time in so long. I mean, they got swept by the Braves. But it was fun, man. It's that energy. Yeah, that's me. Before we get to the next one, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We back. All right, here we go. Let's keep on with the list. Who you got number three? On third base for me is, and maybe I'm crazy for this, but I got a big, big, big spot in my heart for this man. <laughs> Dennis Rodman. <laughs> what? Are you, are you for real? I'm being very for real. That's very funny. When I, Like uh, I said, when I played basketball, People always said, when I first started playing, there's a guy who lived in my house named Frank. He had a dog. So we would shoot basketball in the house, and he would come by, and he'd be like, look at that kid just grab." He would play with us sometimes, big old Italian dude. And I would just be grabbing rebounds, grabbing rebounds. He's like, look at this Dennis Rodman over here. No idea who he was talking about. And I looked this man up. And I don't know if you know this, but Dennis Rodman got more rings than LeBron James. That's mm-hmm. a fact. Yeah, five. He got more. No, he rings. got six. He's got six. Yeah. No, he didn't win with the Lakers. He got five. Did he win with the Spurs though? Yeah, he did. He got six. Yes. And he won with the Pistons. Two. And he won with the Bulls. Three. Yeah. Got six rings. He's got six rings. And we're talking about double. I mean, I think he might have just won one with the Spurs. Let's look that up. He doesn't have seven because Robert Ory has seven. Robert Ory has seven. And no, I'm saying he. I don't know who he won the most with. I think the Bulls. Oh, he won the most with the Bulls because he won two with the Pistons, three with the Bulls, one with the Spurs. There you go. Yeah. And that's a big fucking feat, my guy. For especially for somebody who is not a superstar, is not a superstar, and is not offensively contributing. To <laughs> See, that's why I disagree with you, though. That's where I disagree with you. Okay. How is rebound not how is rebounding not offensively country? Here's what I mean. I here's what I mean by Making that. points. Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean by that. They're not scoring the basketball. And generally when you think of somebody who is a contributor to championship level teams, you think of them in uh And that's why points. then that's where I'd be like, Y'all don't know basketball. And True. Not you. I agree with I'm that. I'm not talking about you. I agree with that. I'm talking about people where it's just like there's, there's a reason why this nigga was on all those teams. Because he was a god on the defensive end. And on, on the defensive the, end. And on the boards. And on the boards. And undersized. Undersized. Learned how to play basketball when he was 22, 23 years old. Went, then went to junior college. Like, this nigga was a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, he, like, was, like, where I got the hustle thing for me. Like, if you ever played ball with me, you'll know that the thing that people talk about with me is, like, he'll hustle on the play. And mm-hmm. he won't let him play that. And defense. I love defense. And I'm not talking about like hack and foul on defense, like for real defense. Like yeah. I, I love to lock down people. And that's where I got that from was from that dude. Because I saw like, oh, you don't have to be a scorer to affect the game. Reading about him, because obviously I never watched him play. But reading about him, I was like, you don't have to be a scorer to affect the game. And sometimes championship teams need a nigga like that who mm-hmm. just affects the game in a way that you can't measure. Another nigga like that, Andre Gudala. Mm-hmm. Warriors ain't winning them ships without him. There's a yeah. reason why he won Finals MVP for that first one. Yeah. Because they're, they're those guys that just affect the game in a way that can't be measured. Draymond Green, another guy like that. Uh, uh, Lance Stevenson uh, could have been a guy like that if 
He kept his head cool. He kept his head cool. Here's something else about Rodman, too, is he's a little bit before his time. Yeah. Uh, like the, fla- like the, 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 the flamboyance. Yeah. Uh, he was he's bisexual. Um, that's something that didn't come out while he was playing. It was yeah. like talked about, secret yeah. whisper. Yeah. Uh, and and he got a lot of shit for it. I mean, he was also a bad boy. Like I, I mean, his first season with the Bulls, he headbutted the fucking referee at half court. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was also he, a bad yeah, boy. Look, he had he had his emotional he had his problems. emotional so problems and stuff. But a lot of the shit that he was doing as a player uh, was a big reason why a lot of people was like. He's not, no Hall of Fame, not Dennis Rob, but before while he was playing. Yeah. Where if he played today, the shit would be celebrated. Yeah, it would be celebrated. He'd be, yeah, uh, you'd have all the memes and all the yeah. tweets and all that stuff. Yeah, because again, he was affecting the game. You can't take that away from that nigga. He was nah. changing up the game. I love it. I love it. You look, man. Dennis Robin's one of my favorites. Uh, number four for me was one of his teammates. I feel like this is an obvious one, so I don't have to talk about it much. Uh, Michael Jordan is number four on my list as far as my favorite black athletes. It's MJ, guys, and I'm a Chicagoan. What else did you expect? And I watched 75% of his career, so I actually got to see him play live and on TV. It was pretty dope. That's it. Who you got? Who's at home play for you? Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, KD. Just name me a more skilled basketball player. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there aren't many. I no. mean, there just aren't, period. Yeah. Yeah. To be that tall and have all that skill. And, like, look, it's crazy. Y'all can talk the shit and be like, oh, you joined the 73, team, 73 win team. And it's like, all right, great. I bet you, you could join a 73, te- 73 win team and not have as much of an effect on that team as Kevin Durant did on the Warriors. Mm-hmm. That's still crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you threw me on, what's the funniest show on television right now? A funny show on television? The funniest right show, now? in your opinion. Funniest show. Oh, that's tough for me. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's just say I did start watching Single Parents, and I like it. So let's say Single Parents. Single Parents. You think that show's fucking funny, right? I also think it's fucking funny. If you threw me in that room right now, how much of an effect do you think I'd have in that room? I mean, you could throw it off completely. Yeah. I can yeah, make it worse. You can make it worse. But if it got better, chances are I didn't really have much to do with that. Right. For him to get on that team and make them better is insane. Mm-hmm. And literally do that. Like, they have a game plan. This nigga was like, they were like, this is the guy that the ball is going to in the fourth quarter. He's going to be our clutch master. And he yeah. did that shit. He did it. He did it. I like that. Uh, next category. I mean, I feel like, I feel like with both of our lists, I will say for you, I feel like you, you got, you, 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 you scored them runs. You scored them runs. Oh, definitely. KD is hitting that home run. KD is hitting that home run. Favorite black entertainers for me. Uh, we don't. I, I I can go down this list uh, pretty quick, and then we'll we'll take a break. Uh, but I'll I'll hit you up with all four of mine, unless you need time to think. Go for it. Hit me all with right. all four. I'll hit you up with all four. Number one on my list is August Wilson. Mm. Uh, I am a theater kid, and August Wilson is not only the most famous black playwright. Um, he is. He is. All right. He is. I disagree. I mean, okay. he has a theater in his name, and he was called Black Shakespeare. Okay. Um, and you talk to about my girl Lorraine. She's great. I mean, she's great. But there's also. I mean, there's a lot of great black. Susie Lewis Parks is dope. There's mm-hmm. a lot. But August Wilson did something that not nobody's done. I mean, his August Wilson cycle 
No playwright has ever done that. True. None. True. Uh, and they are all fucking great. <laughs> they are. They are ten great fucking plays in the August Wilson cycle. Uh, and if you and he's the first black uh, 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 playwright to have a Broadway theater in his name. And I mean, just the stories he was telling, and and he was a dude who bought these real fucking stories to the stage, all black stories, all different eras, all time frames, and he was just a fucking genius, dude. He was a, such a great playwright. I respect him so much. Had uh, you in my number one? World. Yes. Nina Simone. Beautiful choice. I mean, just straight up God in terms of live performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, straight up took over the stage. Now, again, also a cautionary tale of someone whose talent and performance also corrupted and ruined their personal life, but mm. God level talent of a life performer. Yeah. God level voice. I mean, phew, mercy. Yeah. I agree with that, dude. She's she's great. Uh she would I I I contemplated putting her on my list as well, but it would have felt a little inauthentic because I do love her, but I haven't deep dived into her career. What happened, Nina uh, what happened what happened, Nina Simone? Uh, yeah, that's a Check doc- that out. documentary, right? Check that out. Yeah. Uh, she is great, though. She is. She should be on everybody's short list. Uh, number two for me, personally, uh, Jay-Z. Of course. Uh, Jay-Z was, I mean, I knew hip-hop before Jay-Z, obviously. Uh, but especially in the mid-'90s, because, you know, when I was younger, like, I was listening to it on the radio, but my mom wasn't buying me Tupac and fucking Biggie. <laughs> like she was like, nah, bro. Like that, yeah, you ain't listening to that uh, in, in the house. Uh, and Jay Z Volume Three was the first hip hop CD that she ever bought me that I could actually have, right? Of um, and and it wasn't his first CD, but it was just it was such a great fucking dope album for me. And I was like, oh, I like this dude. And he dropped an album every year until 2003. Uh, from '96 to 2003, he dropped an album every fucking year. Uh, until his first retirement. And honestly, there's been so many great pioneers in hip-hop before him, after him, but it is hard to deny his stamp on not just hip-hop, but in music. Like, he's done shit that not a lot of musicians has done. I mean, number two on the list as far as number one albums to hit, Billboard 200, uh, a black rapper owning Def Jam, and then saying, fuck Def Jam, I'm going to make my own shit. <laughs> like, there's, I mean, yeah. yeah, you got P. Diddy who's done that as well. But he's done, he's done some really dope-ass shit from just rapping Wonderful. And, and Marcy, which is fucking dope. So that's number two for me. Alicia Keys. Love that. There's no one who probably, like, when I was a kid... And would be on the piano and playing who I wanted to be more than Alicia Keys. She's great. And that's just me being honest. Like, I mean, I would play, uh, I would try to play Fallen on the piano anytime I touched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, I would break into song if I could right now, but I won't. I keep on falling in love, in love with you. Love to do. Alicia Keys is dope. And, like, I mean, look, as much as I like that uh, 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 that New York song that her and Jay-Z do, 
I like her version by herself way more. Mm-hmm. Empire State of Mind. Like I like her version makes me cry. That's great. She's great. She's just a solid performer overall. Such a good one. Has yeah. written more songs than you can even think of. Mm-hmm. It's gotta mm-hmm. be Alicia. Love that. Number three on my list is Viola Davis. Uh, mm. I think she's one of the greatest of all time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, she is. I, I, I honestly, especially her run right now. Uh, I, I, I've never seen her turn in a bad performance. Um, and here's something else that I, I love that she's doing is not only is she black, but she is a black woman who hit like in late age, which in Hollywood to be black and to be a woman and also be like in your forties before you fucking hit is impossible. Impossible. Like her talent is so goddamn good that she was undeniable. Um, And I, I mean, a friend of ours, Bezai. Bezai doesn't know how to get away with murder. And some of the stories he tells me about her on set, like, I'm not going to say any of them, but, like, she knows she's good. Yeah. She knows she's good. And she 100%. has a level of humility to her and things like that. But, like, this woman has earned very fucking quickly. One of the greatest of all time. Uh, to me, like, the equivalent is uh, Mahershala Ali. Of course. Like what I said, like, this dude just came, not seemingly out of nowhere, to like the top of the fucking list of this nigga is great. Yeah. Uh, Viola Davis did that as well. And for a black woman to do that is almost unheard of because all the other great black women, save probably, um, I can't think of her name, Cookie from uh, Empire um, and Baby Boy, Taraji, Taraji P. Henson. P. Henson. She also kind of hit when she was a little older as well. Mm. But. Uh, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't no. happen for women. Uh, it rarely happens for women. It never happens for black women. It's a, it's a, it's a, a rare accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. So she, she is, she's on third base. My third base is someone who the world does not know yet, but I'm willing to bank on this person, which is why I'm putting them on third base, and that's Lacey Mosley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm explaining to you why, and I'm gonna be very candid. Lacey was someone that when I first met Lacey, I didn't really fuck with her. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, man, this person's kind of like, you know, needs the attention on her at all times and stuff like that. And, of course, we became closer friends because, you know, like, we had our Herald audition and stuff together. But I want you to name a person at UCB who is more self-made than Lacey Mosley. Someone who has literally come on and said, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it. There ain't a thing that Lacey has told me that she's going to do. That she hasn't done. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when she was yeah. like, I'm going to be a star on the show. I said, all right, Lacey. Okay. Did it. I'm going to be on Harold Knight. Well, Lacey, I mean, you know, like, okay. Did it. I'm going to be on Harold and Maude. Uh, you know, Lacey, you did it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, anything that she wants. I remember when she was like, I want CAA to represent me. And I was like, well, you know, Lacey, maybe you can hit up your friends on some smaller agencies and stuff. She said, no, that's what I want. Did it. That's her first agent, too. That's her first agent, my nigga. That's her first agent. And I don't know if y'all know about agencies, but CAA is one of the biggest agencies in town. They rep, like, Clooney. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So now that's, like, on that side, right? That's just, uh, and you can say, Edgar, that's not entertainment. That is entertainment. But but someone could say that. They could say, like, well, that's just business. And I'm like, all right, bet. 
she has the talent to back it up too. That's mm-hmm. the reason why she's breaking down those doors. And as someone who has performed with her for the last two years, I watch it live and I go, God damn. And I watch her just turn on and take over an entire audience. And of course, y'all have heard me talk about this. I'm a very quiet person. I'm not an I'm not I'm not someone who I consider a live entertainer or something like that. So to watch that kind of energy blows my mind. To see that kind of skill level blows my mind. And to throw in the business acumen, because how many times you hear stories of like this person who's just so fucking funny and so hilarious, and then like, but you know, they never made it because they didn't have the work ethic or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they just didn't know how to market themselves, right? That's like a tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. Lacey has both. And to me, that just screams such a dominant person that I know that she's going to be something, someone big within the next two to three years. Mm-hmm. So that's why she's on my third base. I'm like, this is this is the future right here that I see. Yeah. She's a prospect. Prospect, prospect. already. Prospect who's in the majors right now and <laughs> is about to win rookie of the year. Yeah, and might she's play in an Chris- all-star game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She is, she is the baseball equivalent of Chris Bryant. Uh, and what I mean by that is... And he's had the best five years of any player. Yeah. He went from he went college player of the year to minor league player of the year to rookie of the year yep. to most valuable player of the year yeah. and breaking the hundred year streak for the Cubs all in his first four all in years. His first four years. Uh, all in four years. Not his first, but in four years he did all of that. It was and like it's just, and it's just, and it's this keep, nigga. It's gonna keep going up. Like yeah. this, this, like you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, like that Tom Brady shit where it's just like, yeah, let's give this young nigga a chance. And right. It's just like, oh shit, we gave that young nigga a chance and he's not stopping. He's not stopping. Yeah. That's a great pick. Uh Viola's co star in Fences, Denzel Washington. Um is I mean, look. Any black person who watched television or movies in the 90s mm-hmm. loved Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to go see a play at the Amazon mm. uh, last week, and there's a picture of him from 1982 in A Soldier's Play. Mm. Uh, a lot of people don't know before Denzel was Denzel Washington that we know, before Glory hit. Because uh, that was his first movie that he won an Oscar for. Before that shit in the 80s, Denzel was also on them stages. Struggling uh, struggling theater actor. He was a struggling theater actor, but he was great. Yeah. Like, he was great. And, like, he's gone back to Broadway and stuff now. But this dude has been the holy grail of black male actors for 20-plus fucking For 30-plus yeah. years, dude. Yeah. Uh, and... Like, there is not a black theater actor. There's not a black actor alive, in my opinion. Maybe it is, but in my opinion, especially of my age. There's not a black actor alive of my age who doesn't look at Denzel as the fucking gold ribbon. Uh, he's just that good. Every, I, mean, just, I mean, everything this dude has touched on the screen, I feel like. Even movies that were whack, like Denzel just brings something to it. And he is what we all, like, aspire. Like, man, I want to be as good as Denzel. Like, obviously, once you get into your own mode, you want to be better. You want to just be yourself and stuff like that. Uh, but, like I said, he is the holy grail of black male actors. And some and other people are going to come and take that mantle from him. They of have course. to. I they mean, have Mark to. Is He's coming. coming. He's coming. He's coming. Um, Denzel will be, like, waking up in this here. <laughs> Yeah, Marashala is coming. <laughs> but oh, but for now, yeah, Denzel is is my top. It's my top. 
My top entertainer is a young man. He's a young man who I've only seen perform live once, and it was transformative, and I wept, and I never felt the same again. And that is Frank Ocean. Mm. Listen, this nigga is on God level right now. Do you understand that he, that he punked Def Jam Records out of $20 million? It's crazy. Do you understand how hard that is to do as an entertainer? Right now, Jaquise, and I'm not going to, I mean, maybe we'll put them on blast, but you on a slave contract right now with the company, are you not? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine punking that company at $20 million? I would love to. <laughs> this nigga <laughs> did that shit for real off of just being like, I'm going to release this album called Endless, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to punk these niggas out of $20 million. And then I'm going to make that money for myself off of an even better album that I'm going to drop the day later, streaming exclusively to Apple Music. And have that album be a banger, my guy. Because Endless is not a bad album. It's a great album. Mm-hmm. But fucking Blonde? That's some next level shit. And then on top of it, to then do a tour where you're not just performing these songs live. You also have one of the greatest filmmakers alive, Spike Jones, directing you doing it. And it just feels like people are watching art. That's some next level shit to me that I've always appreciated about Frank is that his shit's an entire package. You see an image when you're listening to his music. Like it, it reminds you a lot of like Michael Jackson. Of like, there's a video, mm. there's a, there's a song, there's a clothing. There's like all these things attached to it. There's a whole vibe to it, which makes me think that this is my nigga on home base, or at the plate, ready to swing. Because I know that he's gonna knock it out the park. Like I have no doubt about it. When I if I hear about a Frank Ocean project, I'm like, this is gonna be fucking good. Mm. I don't feel a fear of it being bad. That's great. That's a that is a hard thing to do as an entertainer mm. is people know. Oh yeah, this shit's gonna be good. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. No doubt about it. I think we both scored on those two, man. Uh, Grand, slams. Grand slams. Grand slams. The scores eight to eight. Eight to eight. When we come back, we're gonna hit our last two up, guys. We'll be back. Alright, so my number one for black people that inspire me is somebody who could be in the previous category of favorite black entertainers. Mm. But let me tell you why he, first is Will Smith, and let me tell you why he inspires me. Uh, Because I've never seen, first of all, Will Smith had a career already before he started acting, right? And I've never seen somebody be so fucking bad <laughs> like at what they are doing to turn it around and literally be one of the better people in the industry uh literally right before your fucking eyes and for me that the, the inspiration cuz like the first season of fresh friends yes he has charisma and everything yeah. like that and natural charisma can take a lot of people a long way in the acting business 100%. where they're not good actors but no, they're just great chariz- charismatic fucking entertainers by no stretch of the imagination uh will smith became a good fucking actor yeah he did <laughs> and and we can say what we want about his movies especially now he's kind of phoning it in but there was a stretch where will was doing this fucking thing he was and working hard he was working hard and the dude was 
every summer. I mean, it was it was a Will Smith blockbuster summer. Uh, he bought out a movie in the summer. It was going to be number one. That's right. And I mean, I thought he should have won his Oscar for Ali. Uh, he was great in that. I really thought he should have won his Oscar for Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit of Happiness was one of the last movies that made. You didn't like Pursuit of Happiness? Uh, <laughs> Pursuit of Happiness, well, he was fucking great in that asleep. movie. I fell asleep. I mean, if you didn't like the story, but he was fucking great. I mean, oh, he yeah, made I didn't, me cry. I didn't like that nigga's real life. <laughs> <laughs> I, hate re- your, I hate your real life, Chris Gardner. Yeah, somebody rewrite this nigga's real <laughs> life. Uh yeah man and for me that is just literally an inspiration because it is saying yeah man fucking keep working hard working work hard it. work at it that work hard born with this shit yeah. that's only a part of it that's only a part of it and uh, and we as entertainers I know as an entertainer you can get far on very little of course uh he could have he would have still been Will Smith yeah he could have become working a sitcom it. star yeah has been like whatever yeah he could have been uh complacent yeah and he wasn't and fucking I, I love it that's my number one my number one is Trayvon Free uh, I don't know if y'all know who this nigga is he's a stand up comedian turned TV writer and this nigga stay working you know what I'm saying and that's something I always follow I follow him on the gram and I, I'll just see how much he stays working but what I also appreciate about him is that he celebrates his successes. Like, he'll take a quick trip somewhere. But even if he takes a quick trip somewhere, he still stays working. Uh, and to me, that just, like, really inspires me to be like, all right, that's what it, it takes to be a good TV writer, is to stay grinding, not be satisfied with the script. Rewrite it. Rework it. Go somewhere. Take a vacation somewhere and go, I'm going to work on my script. Away from distractions. Away from people. So Trayvon Free, he's written on, you know, the Daily Show, uh, Full Frontal with Samantha B, Black Monday, which is on Showtime right now, Camping with Lena Dunham and all that shit. This nigga has a fucking diverse uh, uh, um, resume, and he's not satisfied. He still wants more, and I see that on his gram. I follow his gram, and he be leaving up gems for people, and I read them, and that's something that it, it shows me like, damn, you just got to keep grinding. Like You just can't stop grinding. You got to keep grinding. That's that's my number one. I like it. Uh, my list is going to be very much people who have inspired me as I've grown up. Um, there are a lot of people who are inspiring me now um, and inspiring me for the future. Uh, and I could easily, I mean, this list can be very long, but I, I attack this list from a inspire me as I was growing up and to the point I'm at right now. Um, and so number two for me being a Chicagoan, uh, and my next two are Chicagoans, but Miss Oprah Winfrey. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, <laughs> like, it doesn't what, need, what needs to be what, said. What, what, what needs right, to be well, said. Then my number two. <laughs> yeah, what needs, no, honestly, like, what needs to be, I, they talk about a black woman mm-hmm. building an empire. I, I, can't, I, I can't think of anybody else who has built an empire yeah. like her, where no her one. name is front and center of that empire. No one, Not man. only is it a major empire, but her name is front and center of that empire. I can't. I, I mean, I'm sure there may be some people out there like that, but I can't think of any. And if there are, it ain't many black people no. uh, who have done that. And 
yeah, dude, to go. And everybody has this story. You know, everybody has this type of story where, you know, you, you hear, yeah, somebody told me, I don't think this is for you type thing. Uh, and which somebody told her before she got her first show in Chicago. And then uh, that person just seems like the biggest dope. <laughs> like of all time. Yeah. Because literally when she stopped her show, daytime talk shows ended. Yeah. I, I there is no more. And then she started her own network. And then instead. she started her own fucking network. Boom. Number two. That's on second base. Number two for me is uh none other than Larry Wilmore. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, again, I so I, underrated. I, I, so underrated. Y'all don't understand how many shit this nigga's had his hands in. Yeah, there ain't a thing that you like that he probably hasn't had his hand in. And I and I, I'm very confident to say that because all y'all niggas like The Office. Guess what? When that shit was flailing in its first season, they brought that nigga in as a consultant producer to be like, "Here's how you fix this shit." Mm-hmm. That's that level of genius this nigga has with writing. It's to be like, "Call me and I'll come fix it." I understand story that well. I understand jokes that well. Call me and I'll come fix it. This man is a, a God-level expert of writing. And that's something that I want to be where it's like, I don't want the fame. I want my peers to respect me enough to be like, hey, yo, Hector, can you come? I'm like, of course, I got you, bro. Yeah. Hit me up with that co-developed by, and I'll, I'll hit you up. This show's yours after that, but I'll show you the keys. Like, that's that shit that I'm trying to get to that he has. Yeah. That, like, people just respect him. Like, that's a name where if you drop it to entertainment, people are like, mm. Because they know how hard he grinds and how knowledgeable he is of this shit. Mm. That's my number two, Larry Wilmore. Love it. Uh, number three for me, I know we are in a different political space than we were in 2008, uh, 2004, or in 2004 and 2008 and throughout his entire presidency. Um, where, you know, and whatever your political feelings are for what he's done, what he does, blah, blah, blah. That's all fair, uh, but from two from between two thousand four and two thousand eight, man, was Barack Obama such an inspiration? Uh, because I, you know, like that 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 first Senate speech that that first speech that he gave at the DNC, yeah, was just. I mean, it was beautiful, and it was it was it was something that like you didn't hear a lot from black politicians and in the political world. Uh, 2008, I've never felt anything like that feeling in Grant Park that day when he got elected president. I mean, dude, just seeing so many black people, young and old, just burst into tears <laughs> um and like you just felt it uh, you just felt i mean like you just felt uh, it, you felt i'm like getting chills just thinking about it right now because you it was such a feeling i, I it was like every black person happiness you felt like on your fucking skin in that yeah. park that day uh and yeah dude and just to think and politics aside, but that's the, for the presidency. To think who we have in office now and who was in that office before, just like, and the class difference of, uh, you know, for to be the first black president, that nigga couldn't have made a mistake. He Not didn't make one. mistakes, and they still, like, hated him, especially yeah. on the right. And this dude did something. He's very much like the LeBron James, where, like, LeBron James came into the league 
one mistake could have derailed a lot for him. And this dude has played the perfect career off the court. 100%. Uh, and he did too. And yeah, man, just that, the whole campaign, the whole that whole time frame was just, I can't think of a time when I was more inspired uh, in such a short amount of time than I was during that, that whole first campaign uh, of Obama's. So he's on third base, ready to come home. Third base for me, waiting patiently to make that run, and probably will steal it. <laughs> Donald Glover. Yes. Uh, man's yes. words are tatted to my chest. I'm here for a good, not a long time. Mm-hmm. And that was the dude that, like, I was like, I can be weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. he taught me, like, I could be a weird, nerdy kid, and ain't nobody can tell me shit. And I was fucking with him when he was just okay with just being an actor on Community. He's just like, I just get my jokes in. Then he's like, I'm a rap too. I was like, nigga, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Then he was like, you know what? I'm a lead community. And I was like, wait, what? Come on, man. You could be the great. Like, you could be great. But and then he's like, nah, I got you, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna drop Atlanta. Instantly. One of the most influential shows of all time. Yep. Instantly, bro. Yep. And he's not done. He's still. I mean, he's just going. getting started. He's just getting started. <laughs> I feel bro. like I feel like I can confidently say. He's just getting started. Yeah. Uh, and bringing in a new wave of black entertainers. 100%. Where I can't wait to see what's... I mean, like, what Spike Lee... What Spike Jones... What uh, Spike Lee was in the 80s, mm-hmm. where you can be like, oh, man, I, this, I, can, see, I can see this empire. Yes. Uh, yes. Like, and, you and can see this with Donald Glover. Of yeah. They're already branching off of him. Yeah. Yeah. He is, to me, in the entertainment world... Our generation's Spike Lee. Yes. Um, and there are two different styles, but the but what you're saying, yeah. the web, where you can trace all these yeah. actors and writers and performers and stuff mm-hmm. to Spike Lee, you're gonna be able to do that with DG as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. Uh, number four may be corny, but uh, I'm gonna have to go with M O M, my mom. Mm. Uh, yeah, just because she. Uh, like I'm not supposed to be here, and that's mm-hmm. a that's a cliche, corny thing that black people in my position say. But you know, single mom, sixteen, no dad, South Side of Chicago. Like that is I I know the statistic because I saw it. <laughs> like yeah. I saw it growing up all yeah. the fucking time. Absolutely. Uh, and it is a statistic that is damn near impossible to break from. Right, and there are people who do and who have, but yeah, man, my mom busted her fucking ass all the time—two, three, four jobs—and uh, to be a lesbian woman as mm-hmm. well, be a lesbian, lesbian black, woman black woman who had a son at sixteen and still like get up every day and say, I'm just going, I'm just putting my head down and doing my thing and making sure that my family and my son is taken care of. Uh, every, look, everybody has a strong woman in their life. My strong woman ain't better than your strong woman and so on and so forth. But for me, uh, my strong mom is the best strong mom because she's my mom. So yeah, yeah man, I, I, I take inspiration from her. Every day, um, because nothing that I do will ever be as hard as what she has had to do and continually has to do. Uh, nothing 
nothing. Like every time I feel like I gotta complain, like it is is whack because it's like nothing that I'm ever gonna do is gonna be as hard as that. And not only be as hard as that, but to succeed at it and come out on the other end at a success. And that's not to say people who aren't where I am and who had the same situation, your mom, I'm not saying all of that. But for me, that's the inspiration I take from her. So she's at home plate. She ain't never swung a bat in her life. I'm sorry, she's she going to strike out. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to strike out. But hey, look, no. The, she the gonna, bat's going to slip out of her hands and hurt somebody. No, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be a tie score. And the pitcher gonna accidentally hit her. Okay, and, yeah, I believe and that. And then hit by pitch, and she gonna bring that motherfucking batter in. We gonna win the World Series. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you Who go. you got? No one's really heard of this person. They're not really that famous, but their impact on me means a lot. Uh, this person is a very benevolent person, a very smart person. This person taught me how important sacrifice is. That's Serge Montpazier, my mm. father. Mm. Sometimes people like to insult me and say, man, you are so much like your dad, and I don't take that as an insult. If my dad saw you freezing in the cold and he was only wearing a shirt, that's your shirt. Easy. If my dad only had $5 to eat and he saw you hungry on the street, that's your $5. Easy. And that kind of benevolence is something that I always try to carry with me. Uh, The man is the funniest person that I know. He is such an avid moviegoer, my movie taste and all that stuff. That comes from him. And... That's something that I've always tried to replicate. That's always something that I'm trying to be. I'm trying to aspire to be as willing to be second place as he is. For my mom, he was like, you want me to be a nurse? Bet, I got you. You want me to move to Texas? Bet, I got you. Because he loved her that much. And that's the kind of love that I'm not sure I could pull off. You know what I'm saying? But I watch him do that, and I watch how selflessly he's done that. And that's always been an inspiration to me. So, Serge Montpazier. It's also his birthday today. Mm, Shout out to him. Happy birthday, Serge. Uh, that's dope, man. That's dope. All right. Here's the category that everybody's been waiting for. There we go. The category that may get us in trouble. Who knows? Who I don't knows? know. Let's fucking go for it, baby. But these are the white people who should be black. There we go. All, All right. right. Now, All right. I got some boy All on right. first base. All right, on your first base. Goddamn. I'm sweating off of that one, Jaquise. That I'm sweating off of that one, dog. Cause I opened up and I said some wild shit, nigga. <laughs> nigga, we gonna get in so much trouble. We're get in so much trouble for that one. I don't give a fuck. Uh guys. This is good. I like this. I liked it. I liked it. It gave us a chance just to talk about people that we like. Uh the process. I feel like I learned a lot about you and um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was it was crazy. And you know what? I feel like we hit all four grand slams, man. I mean that I mean that white people list, they might have hit <laughs> a home run on that first base. <laughs> he hit a home run on first base. That's right. Listen. Listen. If anybody can do it, your culture kings can make the list that have the people hitting home runs from first base. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been <laughs> the weirdest baseball-themed episode. Uh, so loosely episode. based. So loosely based. The, fact but... playing, the fact that you're risking our copyright license <laughs> to play this song is insane. <laughs> it's all good. Fox, come at us. 
Uh, at Culture Kings Pod on everything. At Edgar Montplazier on the Twitter, off Graham on Instagram. Uh, at Jakees Neal on all social media. Guys, we have some amazing merch up on our website. You can go ahead and get it if you go to tpublic.com slash culturekingspod. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Culture Kings. Join us next time for whatever the hell we feel like doing. Goodbye. <laughs>